0: This is Kate Brenton with Rebirth, a podcast about women changing lives by living their own. Hi, this is Kate Brenton with Rebirth, and today we have a really delightful and special guest with us. Her name is Damini Celebre, and she is many things aside from just being a beautiful person to know. Some know her as an artist, an author, a healer, a heart-based teacher. And I'm going to add one other very important thing. She is a friend of dogs everywhere. She is um, an animal lover and and just a dear friend. Damini, thanks for joining us today. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit? I mean, I know a little bit about you. Um, can you just give us a little background about artist is a really big word and healer is a really big word. So could you just do a little bit of what are some of the ways that you've served or some of the spaces that you've held in the past? We'll say Uh like, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I, I think I feel like I've been reclaiming the word artist for a really long time. You know, as a younger person, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it was a, a much bigger, less authentic word. You know, it was something I was striving to be, but I think I was trying to make it something that wasn't heart-based. Um, and so I've spent a lot of time in the past seven, eight years reclaiming the word artist as an innate um, expression that is that comes from my soul. So that's where I sit with right now, with the word artist. Can, can
0: I ask, beautifully said, and what a way to to start our conversation. Artist is a word that many people don't know applies to them and then what do you mean you were making it something I'm paraphrasing but you it was you were striving it for it to be something that it was not and I think that might be a little bit cultural so can you tell me what the first um, wardrobe of artist was like what do you think in your younger years you thought that meant versus what you've learned now uh,
1: well I think in, as a younger person I think Believed it meant that I would be in galleries, that I would be known around the world, that I would be an artist with a capital A. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is a funny thing because now I think that's artist with a capital or a small A. But mm. I think it's artist. You know, I always um, like to speak about it this way. You know, some people really are good at numbers and are really good at being an accountant, and some people are really good at. Um, having a professional artist world and that's a propensity right and you work on skills with that but the artist that I'm talking about now um, which is the soul driven artist is the thing that we all have access to it is the thing that whether it's visual arts or music or writing or movement or anything that I've missed at this point you know it's this expression that our soul needs to um voice on some level so you know i stepped away from trying to be a gallery artist a new york artist and you know i did a lot of that but it was it was inauthentic and it was really stressful for me Mm. and so now you know i am an artist that's who i've wanted to be since i knew that somebody since somebody started saying what do you want to be when you grow up right
0: And we ask that really soon, right?
1: Socially, it makes no sense, you know. You know, whatever. There's these old paradigms of the starving artist of this and that, and I really think it's like the artist in us is this magical place, this magical energy in us, and you know, on some level, I think that got tapped down by society and over the years, and so reclaiming our our inner creative life force our inner artist is you know bringing you know, magic and life back into our lives
0: That's I how ag- I
1: think artist is
0: <laughs> i agree with you i'm going to ask you um a small que- uh, a detail question what kind of art not to be limiting but just for our listener what form has art in the technicality or just in the function of it has it taken for you cuz i know a little bit and they don't so yeah that's that's
1: actually a pretty wide open question right now cuz <laughs> you know there is this again this this need to conform and understand and box us in mm mm-hmm. you know so you know everybody's like what kind of art do you do right well i mostly do t- uh two dimensional work like painting and drawing and and then I do sculptures because my heart wants me to make sculptures. And there are the prayer pods that I do where they're...
0: Can the you speak a little up. bit? Yes.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So the prayer pods, really short, came in a dream. you know. And I think that's most of how my work comes in, either daydreams mm-hmm. or night dreams. But the prayer pods were, I saw myself making these pods and placing them on the earth in a dream. And in each pod was a prayer for the healing of the earth. And so, you know, this became a project, you know, that, you know, I make these clay pods. I ask people all around on the web for prayers for the earth. Mm -hmm. And then I place them and I make them. And I encourage people to take that into their community and translate that into any way that they want. So, you know, then I started doing
0: site-specific sculptures and i work you know so i what now this is someone who agrees with you that we have an inner artist but i have and that that's a that's that was a work in progress and still is and it's like a word i'm i'm wanting to wear sort of like you wear a grown-up's clothes and your Mm -hmm. book and i know we're jumping a little bit um talked about Mm -hmm. i kind of was helpful in that and it because it's you instead of making art something that had to be hierarchical it was an invitation to to the my younger self really like to that we could all just draw but as somebody who isn't in the art world like what does a site sculpture mean and I also know that you've done really large paintings and I know you did something with this gorgeous brush that I don't even understand but the Mm -hmm. the dance of it so I just want people to have a a little bit of a a purview of the scope yeah
1: Right, so I think there's there's a couple things. One is I I make artwork, quote-unquote, and I still think this is all driven by my relationship with my emotions or my inner landscape and then my relationship with the world around me. Mm. And so that shows up in drawings and paintings and sculpture. And and what I've really realized over the years, whether I'm doing the big um, Japanese brush work Mm. that you were just referring to with Mm -hmm. that big brush, Mm Or, um, you know, doing tiny drawings outside in nature. What I'm, what I, how I express my relationship to the world is by the energy that I sense all around me. So um, that can come out on drawings with circles and dots
0: and lines and lots of glitter. I'm a glitter girl. (laughs) I remember when those were coming out. They were really fun and layered. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're
1: full of light. They really are. I'm not just doing it from my mind. I'm doing it in co-creation with what's around me, in my heart and what's around me. And then site-specific sculpture, if you will, is using what I find on the land to express the energy that I feel. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, and they're left there. They're left there to dissolve back to the earth.
0: Oh, beautiful. Oh, I'm glad I asked. Now, my Mm -hmm. perception, which could be untrue, is a lot of people today don't have... Are, um, may have become unconnected to some of the things that you're saying, the land around them and their yeah. inner artist. So yeah. how, how would you invite someone to consider this? Like what if they're listening to this podcast driving to a job that they don't like and they hear we all have an inner artist? And sometimes I've, I know in my own life when I'm the most dehydrated is when you don't want a glass of water. When you're thirsty, you're like, right. I need water. But when you're desperately dehydrated, you've almost convinced yourself you're fine. Right. So what? how do we invite art into those deserts? Right. And the one thing
1: I want to just say about the desert is also there's an enormous level of pain around being dehydrated from being creative because it is that full expression of oneself and you know as we start shutting that down it's like you really do get dehydrated and you don't even know it. Um, so to your question though, The book, uh, Painting the Landscape of Your Soul, came out of a meditation. I literally saw the book and all the contents on my lap. And I didn't really have an idea of how to write it, but I really allowed the time and space for the universe to speak through me. And Mm. so that, that process and then just the process of articulating how creativity is healing has been, a, you know, it's been a long journey. It's been a seven year journey. And oh God, Kate I just lost your question. It's okay. I love being honest. So here's,
0: <laughs> let me ask you this. I, this is what I love about you. So let me back, if, if I can, let me back you up. We yeah. use the word healer, but there was a, a tremendous um, vocation you had for a while that we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right. Acupuncture. Yeah. So let's so, talk a little bit about that. hmm
1: Okay. Um, so I'm a five-element acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned to acupuncture when I stepped away from uh, trying to be a famous artist and- <laughs> Oh, uh, interesting. But, yeah? Yeah. You know, because I got hurt, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, whatever, I got hurt and, you know, the universe just guided me really, literally, hand by hand by hand to um, to learning acupuncture, which I did for about 25 years, and I still do it limitedly. Um But, you know, five-element acupuncture is taking somebody or holding the space for somebody to walk their soul's journey. And, um, you know, in that I've done Chinese herbs and I've been studying shamanism almost at the same time I learned acupuncture. So, you know, that... That kind of technical thing, if you will, of acupuncture really got um, focused into the conversation of spirit and how you walk your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's all translated in all aspects of what I do, whether it's you know healing work, energy work, or painting. That is the focus right. of how do you walk your soul's journey. And you know, creativity. It's it's been funny. I walked away, and I didn't walk away. I made a choice um, three years ago to give up what I perceived as comfort and security mm-hmm. and sell my practice. And I thought, I need to make a jump Ooh. now. And you know, it was it it made no sense. And everybody was looking at me like I was insane, but I need it to do two things. I needed to explore the land that I call home, which is the United States. And I did that by traveling and camping um, for about eight months in my car. And, And I also did a drawing every day of the land that I was meeting. So it was a way for me to kind of settle in and connect. And the other reason I left, or I closed my practice is I wanted to give my full attention to, to art, either for me making art that is this, I feel like the work I do, do now is really about allowing people to connect with the world around them and giving a, a mirror of how people can connect with their, what they're feeling mm. as well. Through expression, creative expression and i also wanted to change my focus into offering classes and workshops to invite people to connect with this life force that i call creativity
0: now the practice that you had was no small thing no <laughs> <laughs> let's just dial back if you're like oh she just because if if i if someone hadn't seen the place and felt your work then hearing I closed my practice and I went camping in eight months in my car might not sound like I dismantled a huge institution. Yeah, right.
1: I dismantled every belief. I'm a Capricorn, mm-hmm. right? Security mm-hmm. <laughs> structure, <laughs> and I just I just let it all go, and you know, it comp- pro- propelled by the excitement of it was amazing. Uh. Coming home <laughs> was like, What did I do? right? right. You know, and um well, wow, that's incredibly emotional as well. You know, so it's been a journey of trusting and following my
0: heart versus um, grasping for security, which is not supported widely in any realm. Mm-hmm. No, no. So it's, you know, you're saying these terms, but I, but I I also want people to know that you are um, grounded in your choices, which like when you said, that's Mm -hmm. very emotional. So when someone, one thing I enjoyed about your acupuncture is that it met the, my perception was, is it met the client wherever they wanted to be met, meaning the Mm -hmm. conversation could have the full spectrum of availability or i was just going for acupuncture on a physical level you know all things are present but um you you were accessible to everyone and i want to know i hear that you were moved by spirit but how did it feel in your body or or how did you know for someone listening that is like something's telling me to do make this jump that makes no sense what did it feel like for you? Was it constant clarity? Where did it feel like in your body as you made the clarity? Did the doubt come in shortly after? Or like you said, was it not until you came home? How, what was a little bit of that dance? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sling shots. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, I mean, I have been talking about doing this for, I don't know, 10 years, you know, it's like, yes, I'm going to go, you know, part of it was motivated to move somewhere else as well, like, find a new place to call home, which hasn't happened yet. But, you know, there was this, how did it feel in my body? I had a blessed practice, the acupuncture practice, I was happy. I loved what I was doing. And I'm and I know I was blessed to have that experience and um there's a poem by mary oliver the journey and right (laughs) and there's like you know paraphrasing totally because i don't have it in front of me but you know moving forward though regardless of all the naysayers all the things that are grasping Mm -hmm. and you know what there was the outer you know people around me going what are you doing but mostly um, the thing that was grasping me was m- me, my fear mm-hmm. of making this jump, you know. And so I think when I when I when I allowed myself to really feel into it, and and this truth, like it, it showed up as a truth in me that just radiated through me and allowed my eyes to be bright. Mm. It it allowed me to feel more alive than I think I ever had in my life you know at that moment you know there's always moments of feeling very alive but in that moment I was like I have to do this Mm -hmm. period and so I felt alive I felt (laughs) flexible I felt joyful I felt in my heart I felt like I was truly following um, my heart my intuition and every Every energy around me that wanted me to be supported in who I am, and then you came home. Uh, well, yeah, and then I would like sell my practice, again. <laughs> and then I would get in my car and drive a hundred miles and go, <laughs> ah! you know, and just like the constant, like you know, it's not. I mean, you know, in the movies, it's like, oh, and she really lived happily ever after. No, every every night when I, you know, this was interesting when I was traveling. Every night I would sundown which meant what am i doing here here i am out in the middle oh, of nowhere wow. who what were you thinking blah blah you know not just about my circumstances it's like you just walked away from your friends your life your financial security and what you really love to do something that you love even more although the entire universe says no only 20 people can do that in their life you know, it's like I just had a running loop and I had a, you know, I spent nights because, you know, you're sure. out there camping by yourself. At, you know, you know, I threw myself into a huge healing yes, journey and that's, you know, and every night I just was like, okay, you have, to, I just had to keep coming back to my heart and saying, if this is not the right path, then let me know. But everything kept opening up towards me.
0: You know, can you you tell me a little bit, in in a language that is as accessible as possible, Mm -hmm. why is making friends with the darkness beneficial? Mm -hmm. Because I'm thinking of, you know, uh, we have a culture now of like, Netflix and binge, even set up that the episodes Mm -hmm. run now, you know, that you, this constant consumption, and it's very courageous to be in a container, and I love the phrase that you have, you know, the sundown of every day. And that's literally happening for all of us on some micro level if we're if we're paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, in our lives, I don't know if we can be in that constant level that you are in that container because it would sort of make it hard to build certain, like we kind of have phases, I think, you know, or it seems like it, like you can have a container of several years and then you sort of plateau for a little bit just to uncover the next layer or whatever. But mm-hmm. um To be, to be, you know, if some people are thinking like, that sounds like what, you know, Cheryl Strayed's wild, I just thought of, you know, she's, she's hiking, but the metaphor is she's meeting herself, you know, and um, I think that journey was a resurgence for some people of the idea of why you'd want to do that, you know, and what I'm hearing with you is camping is beautiful and it's peaceful, but silence also lets this, what has not been heard, be heard. Right you get
1: rid of the distractions Mm -hmm. um in hindsight you know because everything is clearer in hindsight sometimes um why i think it's important to kind of sit with all the parts of you Mm -hmm. is because it invites wholeness you know if i spend a lot of time and i this is a lot of what i focus on in my uh, workshops If I spend a lot of time being happy and elated and, you know, hi, hi, you Mm -hmm. know, the socially correct um, expression, (laughs) Um, and I spend all my energy doing that and push away all the parts of me I don't like, then I'm only living half of who I am. Mm. You know, I really do think, um, and I think this is when I've returned, I've alluded to just really coming home and not having things as easy as I thought they would be sure so really again you know looking looking at my expectations and looking at all my fears and looking at all these things that um, I had pushed away you know and so and that's the beauty of owning all all the bright parts and really owning all the parts that I've been hiding you know the parts that I've been afraid of I'm not talking about what anybody else's expectations of me but me right you know and so there's a level of wholeness and authenticity that I've that I experience now that I don't think I've lived in the past 50 some odd years of my life prior
0: (sighs) um that's beautiful how does that if someone's listening and they're thinking like but what does that look like in a workshop like how would you hold the space? Um, I believe you do, but how does that, for someone that is meeting you through this for the first time, what yeah. does that feel like in a, in a workshop space? Well, I believe that there's, you know, you
1: start with where you're comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so just like a acupuncture treatment, you start with where you are. Mm-hmm. And the invitation Always every, every in the beginning of each workshop or retreat is something that kind of just drops a pebble in the in the waters of your soul, you know, the invitation to bring up what you need to look at. And so sometimes it happens subtly, um, where you know because I'm in these workshops, I'm inviting color, shape, and form to express what your soul wants you to look at and own and accept, right? this comes up through the language of metaphor and the language of unconsciousness. And so first you, you know, I can give examples, I guess. Give us a couple. If yes, okay. please. So there was a, recently I did a New Year's Eve retreat and the woman who offered the retreats prior, it was just like a giant paintball. <laughs> <laughs> so there was music and there was dancing and there was talking and then they asked me to do it and it was like, it's called looking within, okay. you know, painting as a spiritual practice. It's an internal experience. And so people were just, I hate being quiet. I hate being quiet. I don't want to look. and and I and there was a couple people in this because I think they just assumed there's our problem, mm-hmm. right? Assuming that the workshop would look like this. And what I said, and and it's um, I think it's important, as at one point in the beginning of the workshop, I said, what I know is this you saw this retreat in this case and something inside you knew that this was right for you not consciously this is an unconscious process something woke you up and you're here and you can either go you know you can either just sit with the resistance and accept it as part of your life in this case (laughs) (laughs) quiet, being in silence, looking within, you know, and all those kind of things. Or you can just keep fighting. But everything in the workshops are metaphors for life, Mm -hmm. right? So I think it's, you know, years of being a healer is just really watching energy patterns or watching patterns, right? And so when they show up in a workshop, it's kind of like, okay, you're hitting resistance, You know, you don't even know what what the language is or what the story is, because the story doesn't matter. The body's just showing you where you're bumping. Mm -hmm. So you have a choice to walk away, (laughs) go get some tea, right? Get on with your life, get busy, watch Netflix, whatever that is, you know. Check your phone, check messages, you know, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. Or... You know, in 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 the workshops that I do, it's like, or you ask that part what color it is. You ask that feeling mm. what color it is, and just put it on your paintbrush and feel what you're feeling and move the brush. Now you can do this with a crown, a pencil. <laughs> you know, it doesn't I have did to it be with a crayon
0: paint. I did it with a. You yeah. know, I had decided I was going to um, possess the title of artist, meaning innate artist you know like I wasn't looking to change my career but I surrounded by friends that I'm like that constantly are saying that and I I had your book for a while and I loved it but then when I made that declaration it was kind of like hi you know like literally on the shelf it was like I've been waiting for this and I opened it and it sounds silly unless you're in this space Mm -hmm. but it was such a relief of an invitation and I was so surprised how easy it was to draw now Maybe somebody else wouldn't be impressed with my drawings, but that wasn't the point. The point was I dedicated for 30 days, I was going to use your book every day and create something. And it was such a great friend. Like sometimes I was going forward page by page, or I would just pop open just to see what I was drawn to. And I want people to hear that you're talking in the truth of really large concepts, but you space hold in like small availability, if that makes sense. And I was, Mm -hmm. I told everyone about it. I still tell everyone about it because I think there's a lot of us that have put our artist self on the shelf because we're not going to quote unquote, do anything with it. So what's the point? And that's when the dehydration happens. Right. Right. Right.
1: And I think, you know, the the artist word is just such a funny loaded word, you know, but like, what if you just say you're a creative, (laughs) you know, we are. You know, it's like, according to how we dress our, you know, dress ourselves, decorate our houses, you know, how we live life, you know, being creative is just, you know, kind of holding on to the juiciness of everything around you. Whether that's the dark, deep places you don't want to touch, or it's just, you know, enamored with. light going through your window it's all being a creative expression and i think also you know there's this aliveness that we have when we're children and this is what you know the crowns and the pencils and the paints access it's like this place where you can be everything be exactly who you want to be in that moment you know it's one brush one pen one mark one at a time you know you don't have to think about the past or the future, you're just in the beauty of that. I agree.
0: And it tapped into, for me, the place before there was an expectation. Like you don't look like I have a 15 month old. We're not going, what are you making with that marker? You know, we're just excited. He's holding it right. That's, and, and I thought that that invitation, I was surprised um, because I'm a very, you know, linear, you know, I've kind of had to disassemble some of that part of myself, you know, that very East coast linear, producer um Mm. that it was fascinating to me how when I just allowed it to be so through your book it there was a lot of me that was really excited you know and I thought okay Mm -hmm. if this for the way I live it's like if this is true for me this is true for everyone to some degree you know they don't have to experience it like I do but we're all human right right so uh, go ahead there's
1: I was going to say there's this enormous attachment to product, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, what you own, what you create, what you get a gold star for, right? But, you know, I think this work that you and I are talking about now is really about being in the process of creativity, not what it looks like at the end. And that's the dance between like the big A, little A, or little A, big A of artist. you know. I wish there was another word <laughs> for this.
0: I agree with you because you know? it's very charged, for a lot of people, oh, yeah. you know, it's and it's also I find it interesting in our culture. It seems like if you haven't hit it big with the product, nobody's really interested in you being an mm-hmm. artist. But if you are one of the ones that hit it big, then you're completely mm-hmm. revered like a rock star. Right. Right. Which makes it impossible right. for anyone to be celebrated and then on the, the process of that. Right. And the thing about being
1: celebrated as that rock star is that. Then you have to stay exactly right. how you are right. <laughs> when you hit it. You know, it's like musicians do it all the time. It's like their sound stays the same. You know, artists they stay with the same thing. You know, there there's a you know there's that 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 desire to go beyond where you are at that moment stops, and that's a that's a shame you know, there's so much potential.
0: That's in beautifully said, because I think we all hit that no matter where we are, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. wow. Now, how, since everyone might not be able to dismantle in, in the level that you did, nor do I think does everyone need to, and I want people to hear that too. Not everyone's life path right. has to externally look to that magnitude, but it could internally feel that big. One person leaving a safe Mm -hmm. job for, for an indifferent company or a slightly different vertical can feel as large as closing the doors if you have, you know, so what, what do you think, um, if you were to add something to, when we were, we were talking about with artists, as soon as we start asking kids, what do they want to be when they grow up? What would you add to our, this is a big question. What what would you add to our conversation as a culture that would start to make space for change as we age and let that artist self take inhabitants? Because I feel like you're doing a lot with a lot of different people and perhaps seeing different stories and maybe can report back to us who are still on the dock and not in the water of where we can start to, I know we have to be friends with ourselves and, and be okay and go into those drawers, but that can be seem really intimidating. I, I you know,
1: I, I think when I started this this journey, um, and this journey started with the book, so maybe seven, eight years ago. I I believed that it could be this bombastic change. Right. There was my disillusion, <laughs> right? <laughs> And I think now, honestly, the first thing is just to put the invitation into your body, into your heart, into your soul, into your mind. It's like, what would it look like if, what would it feel like, mostly, you know, because the mind can hold you back, but if you go back to your body and your body wisdom, what would it feel like if I tried something different? You know, the first invitation, you know. And I I do this simple little exercise where if you just close your eyes and just take a quick scan of your body and say, uh, my name is, in this case, Damini, right? I just notice how my body feels when I say that name because it's Mm -hmm. truth, right? And then if I say, okay, my body is Harry, How does that make me feel? And and I know that's a really simple exercise, but it's it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if what would I do if, you know, what, you know, if I thought about reading a different book or using a different teacup or walking this path versus this path or leaving my job and changing jobs or falling in love or not falling in love, like all these things, the truth is in the body. So if you just ask your body first, this simple invitation, not not any expectations to, of to go forward with it, but just to notice how you feel. And what I've noticed, like there's that truth that runs through you, right? And that truth actually starts to change what I call the body, mind, spirit, muscle memory. You know, and this is from looking at people's energy systems for years, right? It changes your... Your energy fields, it, the invitation of change starts to shift things, you know, and so if you imagine yourself doing something differently, you know, and this is all the concept of guided visualization. If you keep imagining yourself doing something, you know, it'll create a space in your world for that to happen because we're changing our body, mind, spirit, muscle memory first. Like we're kind of opening the pathway from the inside out without doing anything, just by the invitation.
0: Does that make sense? Profound, (laughs) simple step. That is, what Mm -hmm. a tool, because that's accessible where you are right now if you're at the stoplight or you're in a board meeting that you don't want to be in, or if you can't escape the house because Mm -hmm. your toddler won't go to sleep. That is an honest tool. Right. And the fascinating thing, keeping it... um, accessible like when you said observing energy fields from a non-believer perspective what does that look like or feel like or because i can hear with acupuncture you are watching a body all the time and it is one of the healing arts that walks the both worlds of physical and energetic right so right. can you just speak a little bit to that for someone who may not, who may want to believe that, but hasn't had an insight to, to hear from a trusted source What that, what that is?
1: Right. I, I mean, I do believe that this happens all the time, whether we believe in it or not. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just have mm-hmm. to go with what's in my head right now, but you know, sometimes you're thinking about something, and then a song on the radio comes on it and almost yes. answers it, right? The What you're thinking about is the invitation. Oh. And then the universe responds. I mean, that's a real simple thing, but, you know, for most of us, I have to assume that we've had that experience. You know, I think, you know, not uh, trying to demystify energy in the world that, like, only, you know, we can all have this experience. So, I think it's mostly and and again I'll go back to people that talk about guided visualizations or journaling. You talked about writing, you know, every uh-huh. week or your um mm-hmm. I think you start with the invitation. And the invitation just starts by wondering, dreaming, daydreams, night dreams, journaling. Just spacing out and you know again in the imagination like the imagination is uh is it Candace Perth I think it is that says imagination is the the track for the reality trained to oh, run wow. on or something like that. Yeah and, and I think she talks I think it's Candace Perth and she talks about neuroplasticity, yes. you know, the concept of changing your brain. But I believe that it's imagination. And maybe that's the crux of everything we're talking about today like how do you imagine your how do you imagine you want to live your life you know or how do you imagine you want to be not even into and i the think action.
0: it's so true in its simplicity that it, you just walk right past it
1: absolutely absolutely because we're so used yes. to the bombastic and the products and the things that can change mm-hmm. your life, you know. And really, it's about just taking a breath and saying, what do you dream? What, what's your imagination? You know, that power of imagination. I how
0: guess. How could someone work with you? What are the avenues somebody works with you now?
1: Um, there are online classes that I'm developing. So you can do that. Um, there's some that mm-hmm. are just downloadable, so you could do it at your pace. Um, there are some online classes. You know, I'm just in the process of creating a whole bunch of new th- opportunities. But um, there's also an online class where there's um, a gathering every month or at the beginning of each week. And then you work on your process through prompts and things like that. And then there's retreats where I think of those as the deep mm-hmm. dive into the heart. You know, where I use, I hold all my tools, healing and, you know, um, energy work and creativity as a tool to really allow your soul to express what it needs to express, allow you to kind of hold yourself (laughs) in unbelievable love so you can live The life that how you want to live it. I mean, and so the retreats. I have to tell you the truth, are always in beautiful places because I like to engage the land, engage Mm -hmm. the energy of a place. And where are they? Give us an.
0: You have one coming up at Ghost Ranch.
1: Yeah, Ghost Ranch in New Mexico. Which um, there's a couple things that that place is amazing. One is its raw, unbelievable beauty. Um, There is an enormous amount of space, so if you want to get out of your own Mm way (laughs) you know just the vista gives you space it's also ancient healing land so there's that energy of the place there and you know it's all sand and i realized this that it's all silica and so it grounds you and takes away all the static of our technology all the static of our world so you're in this level of silence that's just you You know, there's opportunities to get out of silence, but there's not the static. So it's you and the land and opportunities for self-reflection. Just to
0: have a safe place in nature to expand Mm -hmm. is desperately needed for everyone right now. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And do you sometimes have, I think you did before, but are you doing any one-day retreats on the East Coast that people or classes, or is that all moving on to online? Uh,
1: No, my goal is to have a New Mexico retreat and an East Coast retreat. What is your website? It's com. D-A-M-I-N-I-C-E-L-E-B-R-E.
0: And people can also find you on Instagram, is that true? Yep,
1: on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. And um, I'm also starting these morning uh, live meditations with nature. Really? (laughs) Yeah. What fun! I know, it's just a goofy (gasps) thing of holding the space of the world around you and then dealing with technology. But they're like little morning invitations of just connecting. And they're on Instagram and Facebook, and I'll put them up on the my youtube channel too
0: oh that sounds beautiful and where can i get your book uh you can get the
1: book through me directly Mm -hmm. you get it signed and some other little special goodies Mm -hmm. um or you can do it through um you know any distributor any bookstore they'll order it or you can get it through amazon and things like that
0: um, is there anything else that we didn't touch upon that you would like to add? And, that, mm. and that's such a pressure question, especially at the end. Why do interviewers do that? We just talked and we were engaged. Now I put you on the spot. No, but, but I, was there... <laughs> actually, actually, I think,
1: you know, I can only teach from what I know and I can only share from where I know. And what's been present for me in the past year is to be so loving and gentle and kind to yourself is paramount paramount to um, any other thing we think we have to do and yeah. that's the journey you know all the rest I want to say is almost distraction if you let it be but like how do you just love and honor whoever you are and wherever you are at that moment and that's I think that's what I've gotten out of the 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 change you know if if I could say one thing that's my rebirth is just holding myself in that space and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but that's also important to know you know just how do you hold your space in love <laughs> hold, hold yourself in love?
0: tomini, thank you
1: yeah it's it's an honor
0: what a beautiful invitation you you gave us and I I cannot um, recommend more highly being in your presence, whether that is through your book or through a workshop or just um, taking the invitations that Damini gave us today in our chat. I promise you this woman um, has has a gift in holding you in your in, in your completeness. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk mm, with us today. Yeah. Thank you. It's been
1: my honor, really my honor to be with you. Thanks, Tamini.
0: You're welcome. Love you. Love you.